Welcome to The Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chess Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout outs, fun facts, and weekly banner in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome to Fracture Line, Dr. Ricarte. We're very excited to have you on. You know, not everyone might know who you are and where you are. Do you mind just giving us a quick introduction uh, to that effect? Uh, Daniel Ricarte, I'm one of the trauma acute care surgeons here at Hartford Hospital. I'm uh, assistant professor of surgery at the University of Connecticut. Uh, I did my training, my medical school was done uh, at St. George's University in Hospital, uh, Waterbury, Connecticut, where I did my residency. I was lucky enough to then do my fellowship um, at the University of Maryland Shock Trauma uh, under the guidance of Dr. Tom Scalia, Dr. Jose Diaz, um, and uh, I've been out of, of training for, for a little over a year now at this point, we're coming close to a year, I should say, um, and this is my first attending position and um, assistant professorship at, at UConn. Daniel, have you ever been told that you bear a striking resemblance to Adam Sandler? Definitely not for my sense of humor, I'm sure. Um, but no, it's the first time, so. Really? Uh, it's a compliment. I'll, I'll, take it, I'll take it as a compliment then. <laughs> Dr. Ricarte, uh, thanks again for ha- coming on. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about the non-op management trial that you're um, starting. Um, take it away. Tell us a little, about, a, a little bit about your project. Oh, well, thank you for having me again. And, and this project has been, you know, on the works for a little while now. Uh, I think uh, the more so, the more I've been involved with with chest wall injuries and and rib fractures, we've quickly realized uh, amongst the many institutions that I've been a part of that there's no real one consensus as to how we all manage these patients. We all have different approaches. We all have different preferences, and we all have different things that we have uh, or different resources that each institution has. Um, So we figured it was a good place to start to take a look at what other or what institutions were doing across the country and try to generate the groundwork for some recommendations um, for people out there that are starting to or are already doing rib plating. Um, We feel like there's a lot of work that has been done on this by many institutions, but we haven't been able to bring it all together. And we felt that doing uh, a survey, uh, a global survey of the Chest Wall Injury Society membership uh, and other surgeons that uh, undertake rib or surgical stabilization of rib fractures was a good place to start. We figured it was good to have a very comprehensive survey. It's a bit longer than your average survey. Uh, but we're trying to tackle different questions, not only, you know, how do you manage these patients? Uh, that you don't plate uh, in the outpatient setting, who are seeing these patients, how are you following them, but also how are you treating their pain uh, in the hospital setting. Um, and I feel like this is going to be hopefully the groundwork to try to create unifying criteria as to how we should tackle pain in patients that don't necessarily meet criteria to get plated. Uh, so when are we going to be expecting this survey out, Dr. Ricarte, just so we know when it's coming, uh, no one would expect it? Yeah, we're hoping to be live here uh, fairly soon, and, and the survey, the expectation is we're going to keep the survey uh, for uh, somewhere around six to eight weeks to, to give the membership a, a chance to, to, to dive into it. Uh, we're hoping that the membership will find this useful and will have good you know representation. Uh, it's a survey that is going to take into account members around the globe. So we'll see what kind of you know practice patterns 
uh, and what kind of trends we're seeing from, from other countries um, that, that perform this type of surgery. And hopefully we'll have results here fairly shortly. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, we, we want to turn to once we have those results, because like I said, I hope this is the groundwork to be able to start generating some, some suggestions and guidelines from the Chest Wall Injury Society uh, to, to surgeons, young surgeons like myself for sure, but maybe other surgeons that are looking to take up uh, replating or, or even surgeons that have been doing it for a long time. Um, Sarah Ann, didn't we have a group of residents that were starting a project that might be helpful to Dr. Ricarte? Okay, so the difference between um, Dr. Ricarte's study and the resident research project, they do have some overlaps, but they are um, just a little bit different as well. And so we're hoping that people will, will participate in both. Um, Dr. Ricarte has written a terrific survey um, with, with his resident, um, Dr. Gary Jane, I believe is, is how he says it. Um, as well as partnering with the executive committee and the research committee on on really a, a survey that I think is going to be pretty dialed in, in terms of helping us answer some of these questions, or maybe ask more questions, to be quite honest. Um, but looking at, you know, how people really care for patients in a non-operative management way. And then the resident research project is looking at people's submitted protocols. So your survey is is really answering what you do. Your protocol is what you say you do, and and hopefully those are aligned. But I think it'll be interesting to see what what all of our member institutions um, already have written and on the books. You know, some people don't have documented um, protocols, and I think this will be a good opportunity. Then the the residents are going to the residents within CUS are going to um, look at all the submissions that we receive and do some compare and contrast, you know, where, where are our practices the same and where do we find gaps um, or just differences, I should say, not gaps. And um, I think that'll be really interesting as well. So Dr. Ricarte's survey project is, is much more compartmentalized in that we know the beginning and the ending, beginning and ending of the project um, in a, a more finite way. So we really need people to participate in both because I think they're going to answer different questions that, that will be super important um, in the long run. And I hope that we can be a support to the, to the resident research study that they're doing. I think, and I know this because I think Tom and I were on the same call with the research committee when, when they were both being discussed. And, and some of the, my concern with, and, and I can tell you from our experience here at, at Hartford Hospital is when we created our, our protocols, it, it left it unfortunately quite vague in terms of especially like the you know how you truly manage these non-operative patients uh we all talk about right multimodal pain therapy but what does that really mean right what does it mean for tom versus what does it mean to me right and and what do i have available that tom might not or what does tom have available that i might not Right, and none of that will come through, unfortunately, the clinical practice guidelines, at least not from Hartford Hospital, for example. And it just gave us an opportunity to look back and say, maybe we need to reflect on, on making this a lot more specific. So I hope that even though obviously they're different studies, there's gonna be some overlap. I think it's gonna help generate uh, that, that knowledge or fill in that knowledge gap that there might still be out, um, out there um, if you just do one or the other. And I also, uh, to me, it gives me a little bit of armamentarium, for example, to go back, right? And if I notice that a lot of the hospitals that are our similar size patient population 
for example, do ketamine, it's routinely used ketamine, right, for these patients, it gives me a tool to go back to my hospital and say, hey, that's why I should be allowed to be using this, right? It's, I don't know if it's standard of care, but it seems like everybody else is using it. We have, you know, good literature to support it. How come we're not allowed, right? And so it just gives us another uh, tool to, to kind of, at the hospital level, improve the quality of care that we deliver for our patients. Excellent. I think those two are going to go perfectly. Uh, Sarah Ann, do we have anything else to discuss this week? We do. Um, I mentioned this last week, but I wanted to bring it up one more time just in case um, it was missed. The uh, case review for this month um, is moved a week earlier and 30 minutes later, which I know is a little bit silly. So instead of being our typical fourth Wednesday, it's actually going to be May 19th. Um, and for this for this month, um, it will be at 7.30 Mountain Time. Um, and then we'll be back on our normal schedule of the fourth Wednesday of the month um, for a couple months. I think we need to make an adaptation later in the summer as well. Um, just we were looking at the schedule and with various schedules going on and stuff for, for our moderators, we had some some shifting. So just keep an eye on the website. And uh, I think we actually are full this month on case review. I can't remember, but I know starting in June, we actually have a paucity of cases. So I, I'm looking for people for June. So this is the time. If you think you have a, an interesting case or a, a vexing case, something that you want to share, the, uh, the time is nigh to let me know so we can get you signed up. Can I, can I make a comment about the interesting aspect? I mean, I, I personally think every case of rib fracture repair is interesting just because it's, it has the potential to, to, to be so helpful to that individual patient. And every, every case is a chance to learn how to do something just a little bit differently. So even if you don't have a, a you know, just what you think is an earth shattering, eye popping case, present something mundane. It, it'll, it will, it will definitely lead to a discussion about how you do it compared to how somebody else does it. And, and there will be some technical aspect that will be interesting to the audience. So present any case. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a, uh, an elephant stomping or a, you know circus clown skydiving accident or something it just 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 present anything um well let's let's do the final stitch okay um my so my final stitch is that today is nurse's day i know by the time this comes out it'll be um maybe not nurse's day but i did just send an email you guys may have seen we programmed it in for um free nursing memberships through sunday uh, at 11.59 p.m. Mountain Time. So if anyone knows any uh, members of their nursing team that would be interested or um, have a desire to participate in, in CWISH shenanigans, we would love to have more members of, of the nursing community. And, and it could be you know, any type, LPN, RN, NP, whatever, <clears throat> whatever is um, within your, your practice pattern and, and those that you're caring for with your chest wall injury team. So I'm just super excited about it. I think I like days that get to, to honor people. I'm excited about Nurses Day and, and excited about this opportunity to build more of our interprofessional team. So I've had uh, uh, an interesting week. I've been preparing a couple of presentations for Royal Australian College of Surgeons meeting next week, and I'll be delivering those virtually. 
and it's not as easy as I thought it was. People made it look so easy at the summit, but I'm telling you, it's not for someone like me who likes to, to know whether my audience is enjoying my talk or uh, falling asleep. I I find it uh, challenging, but that's not the this final stitch. The final stitch is in the, in preparation for that talk. I was doing a little Australian research, and I identified a very interesting fact that I think most people don't know. And that's that wombats shit in cubes. They're oh the only gosh, animal. There. They're the only animal in the animal kingdom that actually produce cube shape. They look like dice. They look like brownie bits, is what they look like. <laughs> and it's fascinating. And no one knows exactly why they do it. It may have something to do with how they stack them to mark their territory or whatever. But they, they, they have cube shaped poop in Australia. Wombats. Well, after that, I, I don't know that I know the poop of many animals, so I'll have to move away from that topic for sure. Uh, but I guess my final stitch would be um, for for everybody hearing us and, and all the healthcare providers that have gone through, you know, everything that we've gone through over the last over a year at this point. Uh, I've been helping out at the vaccination clinic, and we've noticed that the vaccination numbers have gone down, unfortunately. There's a lot more supply these days in demand. And so I hope that we can all make a push for those uh, people that might still be a little cautious of the vaccine, that have some doubts. There's been a lot of misinformation out there, uh, a lot of disparities, right? And in, in the people that are that can get the vaccine, um, that we still make a huge push for, for everybody to get vaccinated. We've all suffered through this. Um, it's nurses week and I can't imagine people that have suffered more than them going through all this, caring for the patients. And so I think the best thing we can do for them, for us and for all of us is to keep pushing everybody around us uh, with facts, with information to, to go back to the vaccination clinics and hopefully get everybody vaccinated so we can go back to normal. It's an excellent one. I'm gonna well find said. one new person that I know this week who hasn't been vaccinated. I don't know who it is yet, but I'm going to find somebody and convince them this week. Thank you. I appreciate the challenge. All right, I'll go. I got it. Mine's sad. I'm sorry to be a downer, but it's on my mind, so I'm going to say it. And, and I want to say hi to her family. I have an awesome friend in medical school. Her name's Catherine Agustiati. And she was killed on Friday. Uh, she was changing a tire on the highway in the, in the middle of the day. And someone hit her with her car, and she died. And she leaves behind three um, awesome little kids. And she was a wonderful person and an awesome mom. And I can't stop thinking about how tragic it is, and I just really feel for her family. So um, I wanted to say sorry to the Agustiati family. We're so sorry for their loss and her loss. Uh, but... Dr. Ricarte, it was really good to have you on. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. I hope you have a good week. I'm hoping I'm sure next we'll year in person we'll see all see each other at the CWIS meeting. So Yes. It's Absolutely. Be awesome.